0: Back with another episode of Grower and Shower. I'm your host, Grow.
1: It's a Grower, not a
0: Shower. And this is Show. Let me try out my like Let me try out my like
1: up i'm a grower oh my god
0: welcome back to another episode of grower in the shower reviewing episode three of watchmen today pretty good episode very character storytelling episode pretty much directly dealt with uh who we find laurie blake who we find out is the silk specter
1: yeah.
0: or was the yeah. silk specter yeah. two? her mom was at first um,
1: yeah, we, we we find out it's important because uh, too one of the coolest things is now we are we're getting even more insight on Doctor Manhattan. You know, Cause She used to take that blue dick. You know,
0: <laughs> it was one of my favorite parts of the episode. Is a little bit into that, but yeah, you know, the episode starts off with uh, Lori and what looks like a phone booth type deal, and you see her start, you know, starting it up and. You uh, see this thing, a little image pops up and it says True, like T-R-I-U-E, I I believe. And then in the next episode, you see that uh, it's like Dr. True. So we know that this is going to be the same person. So she's in there. She's talking to Dr. Manhattan, telling him a joke. And the joke is really kind of about the watchman right like uh, how everything started like the first joke is kind of about excuse me the comedian right yeah and kind of talking about that and she says she fucks it up and and that'll be an ongoing thing throughout the whole episode you know we cut back to scenes of her talking to who we think is dr manhattan on this payphone and then from there we get into uh, a bank robbery per se which I thought was a cr- great scene after was everything unfolds and you find out what it is.
1: Yeah, it looks like Batman coming out. It was really cool. Pop Smoke jumps down, starts – he throws mm-hmm. that little ball string thing into that dude's throat. It cool.
0: <laughs> it's it's so funny because it's like, oh, it looks like Batman. And then all of a sudden he starts talking, and he's like, I'm talking like – I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to yeah. go that far? and even <laughs> talk like Batman? <laughs> but I thought that was funny, and it was basically a FBI thing to trap vigilantes. Yeah you find out she works for the um, FBI the FBI and she also work the anti-vigilante task force of the FBI which is all about bringing down vigilantes which is kind of crazy and then we kind of get scenes that yeah <laughs> it's like a really
1: straightforward name right there I like it.
0: <laughs> well and then we find, kind of figure out too that like Tulsa is actually one of the only places that these cops are actually hiding their they faces all up. yeah because i was wondering that right away i was like oh i wonder why they're not hiding their faces over here and then you find out like oh that's only in tulsa and it's uh Keene who actually senator Keene who actually implemented that law and so the next scene from her oh well i do want to get into how she shot you know batman in the back yeah and then the FBI comes i was like oh how'd you know he's wearing body armor and she's like oh huh <laughs> yeah. Which is so great because I feel like throughout this whole episode, because you find out she takes her, the, the last name Blake, and it's just so funny because it seems like she's becoming the comedian almost. Yeah. Like the jokes she's telling to Dr. Manhattan are very dull and not very, very jokey, kind of like how the comedian's jokes were, you know, they weren't really jokes. They were yeah. more like, you know, the facts about life.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, she also quoted some of Rorschach's lines while saying her jokes, you know, when she. I didn't catch that. Yeah. You know, when she was quoting the joke, she said something and then she said, uh, you know, roll snare drum, crowd applause is a good joke. Just like when Rorschach told the joke about the uh, the clown and the beginning of Watchmen.
0: No, that was definitely a good callback. And there was a lot of Watchmen callback, like movie references Mm -hmm. in this in this episode. Kind of the same thing with lap- last episode. There was a couple of those. Well, from the next scene, you see her like in her house or apartment, and she's got this briefcase and she opens the briefcase, which I couldn't tell if the number was 667 or 666. It looked like it was going towards 666, but I never saw it on 666. But you see it open and you see this, you know, glowing, I assume a blue dildo or something like that. It just looked like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thinking about that Manhattan dick. <laughs> Doctor Dick Down's what they used to call him back in high- college and shit. <laughs> I did find it interesting that in that inner apartment she had a pet owl.
0: Well, and that, and there's a lot of callbacks to Night Owl and the Owl in general in this episode.
1: Well, yeah, you know, in the in the movie she had kind of like uh, fell in love with him, like kind of yeah, broke it off with. It's
0: kind of like a love affair between Doctor Manhattan and you know Doctor Manhattan wasn't there anymore. He he couldn't be that same person anymore. Yeah. He kind of lost his. What made him human, and that kind of draw. I forget his real name, but the Night Owl character. And uh, but yeah, Senator Kane comes by, and they get to talking a little bit, and you see this really cool painting in the background of all the you know like an Andy Warhol style painting, and you know it's got Doctor Manhattan and Ozymandias and Night Owl, and she's in the spot where Silk Specter would be. Yeah. So, and they have this like slight conversation. And he, you know, he mentions like, hey, you know, when I if I become president, I can pardon whoever I want, even that being, you know, I can get your owl out of that cage. And like looking into it a little bit more, I found out that Night Owl was actually arrested in 1995 for breaking the Keene Act, which was, you know, the mat, you know, getting rid of mass vigilantes. Yeah. And Laurie was also, Silk Spectre was also arrested in that same incident. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what actually happened in that. I, I, I'm assuming they're going to get to it in their n- next couple episodes. Night Owl's got to make an appearance. They've they've referenced him too many times for him not to make an appearance. And same thing with Dr. Manhattan. Like He's been referenced too many times for him not to make an appearance. So you find out after that that she's getting or she's being put in charge of the Tulsa Tulsa task force of dealing with, you know, the dead police chief and dealing with the seventh cavalry and everything like that. And then they're going over all these slides and you see in this room and you see this guy on the projector and they even bring up Rorschach's journal at one point and, the FBI director <laughs> was just burning Laurie right there. Like who gives a fuck about these people? Is yeah. this nineteen eighty nine? Like who gives a fuck? Is you this, know? this is
1: nineteen is this nineteen eighty, then who gives a fuck about Rorschach? Move on. So exactly. it's like, God damn, kill the game over
0: there. Gives a slight look over to her which i like it nothing it didn't seem like anything really phased her in this episode she like if anything phased her a little bit she just was like oh okay well fuck it so they dismiss rorschach stuff and they you know she sends her way on to tulsa and she's riding with this i think his name was pete or pb or something PDF. like that yeah this other fbi agent and they see this millennial clock And, you know, we'll find out later, I'm sure a big reference later on into next episode is they're going to get into that Millennium Clock, but they had another Rorschach reference right there. And we find out that this person, which is Dr. True, which is the same name from the phone booth, bought or Adrian Veidt's uh, company and every, everything so so we'll see how that and she always said and then they get into how Petey's this kind of she calls him a fanboy and he almost seems offended by the term you know he's like i'm not a fanboy i'm a i'm a historian You know, i have a phd in history which kind of becomes bullshit later on because she ends up sleeping with him and he's all cool with it and he kind of he's wearing the mask and
1: oh yeah he's
0: yeah. kind of just living that fantasy
1: oh yeah no he definitely if, was getting up in that
0: which I thought was a hilarious scene.
1: Ain't nothing better than fucking your grandma with a mask on. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> I'm leaving it. I'm definitely leaving uh, it. I like it. I don't care.
0: <laughs> so um she's still telling the joke and everything and she she references the she's still telling this joke about these three people and God coming down and talking to all three of these people and um she even makes the reference to the squid coming down and killing people oh yeah, yeah. And killing three million people so this is our first confirmation that the squid did kill people that this is like somewhat of a sequel to the comic book and i still say it's somewhat of a sequel to the movie as well just because they're how they're portraying this the series
1: yeah that's like they're mixing them
0: yes exactly and i think it's a great job of that yeah so from there Uh, she finds this, the police hideout per se, where they're interrogating all these seventh cavalry members. Uh, I thought it was a really good scene of when the cops have this other guy out and she asks, oh, sir, is your rights being violated? And she's like, I actually, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Hilarious scene. So she starts look you know, asking for a looking glass and she goes into his pod, you know, that's supposed to like Rorschach style, supposed to bring out I think she calls it like a anti racism machine or something yeah, like that.
1: She's called it like a racist detector. Yeah. <laughs> which is kinda cool. Finally be like, Look, I told you guys I'm not racist.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny because you can tell how much research she's done Because at that point she's like, come on, Wade Which we find out his name's Wade
1: Well, yeah, I think they, I think there was a, a thing there They didn't know each other
0: And that seems to be an ongoing thing too Like, how does she know Senator Kane, Who seems to be the senator of Oklahoma You know, and she yeah. was in a whole different state So there's all these correlations And I know that his father was is like, was somebody as well So she goes over all that She asks, you know, where is Sister Knight Um, And then she just straight up was like, is Sister Knight Angela Barr? And he's kind of skeptical to tell her at first. And, you know, eventually he's just like, yeah, because obviously she knows already. Yeah. But I thought that was an interesting scene. It's like, even still, we've never seen any, like, actual friendliness between Sister Knight and Looking Glass. But there was still that police camaraderie that he just didn't want to... He
1: didn't want to dime her out, yeah.
0: Yeah. So the next scene uh, is her going to the funeral that she finds out is being done from, you know... That she just found out from Looking Glass. So they have this uh, quick little conversation where she asks, like, what's the difference between a mass vigilante and a mask cop? Like, or do you know the difference between a mass vigilante and a mass cop? She's like, no, it's like me neither. Yeah. Which I thought was a really good scene because you can kind of tell that she's so anti masks or she's so anti this hidden uh, goes back to her character, too, because she never hid who she was, even when she was a vigilante. you know she was very open about who she was, even her mom was very open about who she was. there was no mask or anything, yeah, she had the thing, but she was still out there in Hollywood and stuff, so maybe it's kind of that too, where she doesn't respect this whole secret identity thing,
1: so I think that it's um my personal opinion that it has something to do with you know she was around all these. Uh, so called heroes when they did what they did Right and in her Joke she starts te- like that She's telling she has all these Different heroes talking to God and how they're All corrupted like I like when she's Talking about the Ozzy Mendez uh, Character To God he's like uh, how many did you kill He's like oh uh, millions but I did it for this and this or like even the first One he's like I did it without killing anybody And he was like oh well you, I think That the, the she thinks that the mass corrupts Yeah that uh that it, that they it let, basically it goes to everybody's head and you can kind of tell when she's telling this uh this joke uh the whole time and kind of putting it out there that all these people all three heroes are bad people
0: which you know like I get in a sense how they all kind of are you know Ozimandias thought he was doing right Dr. Manhattan thought he was doing right Owl thought he was doing right you know in the sense that they all believed in their causes but no one has acted i guess truly and We'll get more into it, you know, about the the end of the joke and how into that how that r- winds up a little bit later on. But from there, you know, uh, like I said, they're at the funeral and they Angela gets up and talks to, uh, at Judd's funeral, and this is when you start hearing a ticking sound. Another yeah. thing that's been very prevalent, very. Yeah. And in your face, really, in this yeah. show so far, like, you know, especially when certain people are talking and I'm wondering, like, it's happened when Judd was talking. It's, once again, we've talked about it in one of the last episodes. You keep hearing this ticking when the Seventh Cavalry's around. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if Judd was still a part of Seventh Cavalry or what had that what had to do with that. But we'll see. But from there, we see the 7th Cavalry member coming out of this hole at a place that was right next to the funeral. Like, how did nobody check that? It was just yeah. so stupid. Like, how did nobody see this?
1: Hey, you got to see that big ass hole over there with that little white man with the mask crawling.
0: <laughs> but um he comes out of the hole. He's wearing that bomb jacket that we saw earlier in episode two or episode one. I can't remember when it was. And he tells everybody, like, Come with me, Senator Kane, or I'll blow everybody up. It's connected to my heart. If I die, it'll go off as well. Yeah. Senator Kane's like, Yeah, I'll go with you. These people don't need to be harmed, which I'm still skeptical about him. He's something's going on with him. I just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. But Lori is having none of that shit.
1: Badass scene. Yeah.
0: Which she did sneak into the funerals. You know, they did take their guns when they first came into the funeral, locked them up, but she had that one hidden on her ankle, which I'm glad. You know, or people are probably glad that they did, or she did. But yeah, kills the dude, and then the the <laughs> the bombs going off, and Angela acting quick shoves the body into the hole.
1: I love that she didn't waste any time shooting that motherfucker in the head. Like both of them, one just shot him in the head real quick, and she's like, "Huh? Oh shit, he was telling the truth." And the other just throws him in the grave and throws his her, her the fucking chief's body on top of him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> which I think that would be a great teammate of those two characters. I really hope they like put aside their differences and like start working together. Oh, Cause those yeah, are two very strong female characters. But, but yeah, I thought that was an amazing scene of uh, her just throwing the. which I don't think she could, she might be a strong character or whatever, but I doubt she's just tipping over a casket with a person in there. Just like that it might yeah, be a little bit. Harder it, for her. It'd
1: probably be a little difficult, you know, if I had to guess.
0: And then from there we get a, a, Pretty long scene of Adrian Veidt, you know?
1: And it's actually the first time we, not right away, but it's the first time we actually hear him, hear the name Adrian Veidt.
0: So he's setting this guy up with uh, this knight armor and putting everything, and then he puts an oxygen uh, tank on the back of him. And,
1: made out of buffalo skin.
0: Yeah, and we couldn't really tell what was going on. You see later on that there's a catapult. So your first, you know, first thought is, okay, is he trying to go to space or something like that? It's kind of crazy. I'm wondering what's going on there. I have a theory that I want to get into a little bit, but so he gets all mad because the guy doesn't survive or something happened with his suit, kicks them all to hell, which I think another hilarious thing. Cause he just n- does not give a fuck about these clones or whatever they are, yeah, which yeah. once again, I'll get into. Um, so he goes shooting for more buffalo skin because he's going to try something different, thicker skin. And as soon as he had killed this buffalo, which was an amazing shot, one shot right to the eye, dropped that buffalo, he gets shot at by who we find out is the game warden. Doesn't look anything crazy. Kind of looks like, you know, the Lone Ranger in a way. He gets a a letter later on from the game warden when he's in his office saying that...
1: The most passive-aggressive letter.
0: Yes. But he was saying that, you know... Okay, so they... They say in the letter that, you know, he agreed to these terms and, you know, as long as his uh, tenure there, I should say, continued that he would, you know, abide by certain rules.
1: He actually and, he, he said something about him being a captive.
0: Yes, and he is a captive. Oh, yeah, And that's going into my theory. So I guess I'll just go into it. Um, I think that, that this... Going back to the joke, you know, you hear about God snapping his finger and sending these people to hell. My first thought was, is this like hell or is this purgatory or something of that nature? And then after seeing the suits and him like trying to breathe and everything like that, my second thought was, maybe this is Mars. Maybe Dr. Manhattan has trapped Ozymandias on Mars. Yeah. But maybe he's he's trapped him on Mars and that's why he has the spacesuit because he's trying to get out of there. And, um, you know, we see him... We saw Dr. Manhattan on that news channel building a certain mansion of some sorts. And then it looked almost exactly like the mansion that Ozymandias was in or Adrian Veidt was in. And so I'm wondering if this is just a place on Mars where he's been held captive by Dr. Manhattan. And that's why there's these clones too. Because we know that Dr. Manhattan can make multiple versions of themselves. And we t- and he we had heard in, in, in the movie, and I'm sure in the comic book, I haven't reread it in a minute, but that... He wanted to leave and maybe go make his own life. Yeah, so yeah. maybe this was him making his own life, and he can't but make the same, let's say Adam and Eve type characters. And he's just sitting them right there. And then maybe he's made another character like game warden, and that's yeah, the yeah. person like keeping them there and everything. So that's I'm wondering if that's what's going on. I'm pretty sure it is, just because I can't think of anything else that might be, unless it is hell.
1: Might be that as well. So I did like uh, how. He wrote uh, a really like passive aggressive letter back where he's basically like, Hey, I appreciate your letter. I'm really happy that you enjoyed my oranges. And uh, if you really got a problem, how about you come say that shit to my face? That's basically yeah, what his that. letter said. Yeah. I was like, Damn, they over here fucking passively aggressively throwing shit. Yep. So. Mean, it was like,
0: Thank you for enjoying my tomatoes.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyways, fuck you and everybody that you know.
0: But you know you can tell that this is like this is just the beginning of the war because he dresses up in his official. Oh, and that's when he says his name too at the end of the letter is like yeah. Adrian Bite, and we finally found out that that is Adrian Bite, And even to confirm it more, he dresses up in his comic book Ozymandias' Mandy as his suit and everything. So I'm wondering what's gonna happen there. And like I said, I, I I truly think that he's probably on Mars. But going from there, we have the conversation with Lori and Angela of them in, in this, where the guy was digging a hole, she comes out wearing the owl glasses and she just, you know, Laurie admits that, you know, he thought she, she thought he was bluffing that, that it wasn't connected to his heart and you no know, good call on her part to, on her fast reflexes on doing everything. Yeah. And then she brings up, you know, like the police chief, and she's already found his hidden closet. And this is, again, we get another comedian reference of, you know, she talks about when her father was killed they looked in his closet and they found his secret compartment and she goes again saying that like every now and then yeah you find the secret compartment and then says the thing of um you know most people with secret compartments think that they're the good guys trying to do good and even the people who protect them also think they're good guys and you can tell there's some type of intimidation factor
1: yeah yes yeah, you actually yeah, yeah. She actually said, like, uh, you want to think that if a guy gets hung from a tree and then has a secret compartment, like, she's, uh, like, you're trying to pretend like he's a good guy because he went through all the shit. And you're trying to think that he's a good guy because of what he had in his closet, but he's not.
0: So from there, um, I think the next scene is her, like, sleeping with Petey. You can still see her talking on the phone. She what pulled did? that big
1: old silver dildo out. Oh, yeah. Besides <laughs> my forearm.
0: I thought that was hilarious. It's just oh, so yeah. funny.
1: That'll put a hole in you right there.
0: <laughs> I mean, Dr. Manhattan's dick was huge, man. It was oh, a blue. binger. He was a shower.
1: I've never, I never seen it all the way out, so I don't know. i only seen it soft. I wanted to see it all the way erect.
0: Okay. I like uh, it.
1: Ain't nothing better than that blue erect dick, you know?
0: That's right. So she's still telling the joke to Dr. Manhattan. Finishes telling the joke and says that, um, you know, the end of the joke is, God has killed these three people, Ozymandias, Night owl, and uh Dr Manhattan, at this point point. and you know he, God sees this other character, this other woman, and he goes, "Who are you? I don't even know who you are and she says oh i'm the I'm the child who threw the brick up in the beginning of the first joke, and the brick comes down and kills God so this is definitely a play towards her, I think silk specter laurie blake is gonna have a huge role in the end of all of this like something big is gonna happen i believe she's gonna be the person to outsmart everybody and actually finish everything and be the one to kill let's say god and maybe that is dr manhattan maybe she's someone that like this the end of this could be the death of dr manhattan so she fins up finishes up telling the joke finds out that uh it takes about 40 seconds for the message to be sent to Mars and where Dr. Manhattan is. You find out she's a platinum member, which makes sense because she says that she keeps coming back to there, even calls him John, you know, like she's been doing this a lot, you know, she doesn't call him Dr. Manhattan. So she starts walking out of the phone booth and about 40 seconds after she walks out of the phone booth, how long it would take for the message to get to Mars, a car drops right in front of, Lord. And it is Angela's car. It's the same car that took the old man away. Yep. But she looks up and she sees, you know, this orange light, which we, you know, red orange light, which they say is Mars. When you look up and see that red light, that that's Mars. But it also, I think, could have been the bottom of that. Yeah, spaceship or
1: whatever it was. You know,
0: or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, I think that's maybe her trying to see that and that not really being it. But it is, it is a big thing that it is. Angela's car that actually gets thrown in front of her. That's going to be a big thing. Um, Some other things I wanted to touch on was, you know, you do see Lori take on the last name of Blake. So, you know, she is taking in her comedian side, which I thought was really cool. And you can definitely tell she's still in love with Dr. Manhattan. Uh, and has mixed feelings about everything just from, you know, the briefcase you saw, the magazine cover yeah. of them when they first started dating and how she talks to them and how emotional she she gets near the end of it. So I'm wondering if that's going to be a thing that actually brings Dr. Manhattan out, because, you know, it seems like one of the only things that ever made him human was her and their relationship. Yeah. So I think that might be the thing, too, that brings him back. If it's her in trouble or whatever, I, th- I think that could be the thing that brings Dr. Manhattan back.
1: Or maybe he just wants to come down to wax that ass one more time. Yeah, She's exactly. She's been prepping up, you know.
0: Exactly. Also, want to find out what's going on with the uh, the night owl because I know he's in jail, but I, I they gotta bring up something.
1: I'm yeah, yeah. I'm ready to find out what's happening with this old motherfucker in this wheelchair.
0: Yeah, I think they got you know, like I said, this was a character episode. They definitely just wanted you to get the full. Yeah, focus on Lori, her full backstory, catching you up on what's going on. You do see in the next episode that uh, Dr. True is going to come out. The millennial, the millennium clock is going to come out. They've talked about how it's the going to be the, the first wonder of the new world and everything. So it's, it's going to have something to do with Dr. Manhattan as well. Dr. Manhattan, Adrian Veidt, this Dr. True character are all going to have some type of ties in with one of another. But that's pretty much the end of the episode. You know, we've rated every episode from here. I've given both episodes, I want to say like a six to seven. So I'll say six and a half out of 10 stars. And I'm going to give this one a five. It wasn't a great episode. It wasn't a good episode. and it, But it wasn't a bad episode. Like, I'm just stuck in the middle of it where like, yeah, you explained some stuff to me. But I wasn't amazed by anything. Yeah, Like, there wasn't anything that blew me away. Good episode overall, but just super slow. Very storytelling. I liked it. I did like it, but nothing blew me. It was just a meh episode.
1: Yeah. I agree. I was I would say probably like a four for me. A
0: four. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, just because like uh I don't know. They they didn't really they didn't answer anything. They just posed new questions. So the first two episodes, at least that you know, at least at the end of the episode where they they left this kind of like cliffhanger, they answered it somewhat in the next episode and this one is just you know there was nothing nothing got answered there was nothing going like you know uh i don't know i just felt like it was too much character development and
0: And it can be one of those game of thrones things where like because there are so many episodes in game of thrones you'd watch an episode and something would end and like oh god i got i can't wait to see what happens next But then the next episode, they don't even touch on that character because there were so many characters. And so you had to wait two weeks to finally find out. So it might be one of those things where, you know, because we saw the old man flying away, we want to know what the fuck happened. But we didn't get any answers to that. My
1: my thing is just if it's really going to be a one off, you know, if it's just going to have a uh, be a one season thing, they're going to have to pick it up.
0: Well, anything about next week's episode you're excited about?
1: yeah i'm just ready for some answers ready to know a little bit i feel like the next one they're gonna have to shed some light on all that's happened so
0: well it's pretty much almost a halfway point you know next episode is episode four we know there's only going to be nine episodes so you know you're pretty much almost at the halfway point you gotta you gotta round your story out you know you gotta have a beginning middle and end so your beginning wasn't super strong i've talked about i like it as a pilot episode but it wasn't Great, there've definitely been better beginnings of stories that got me hooked on it, even though the middle sucked. So I'm hoping the middle picks it back up and there's a little bit more action. Um, I know this isn't an action series per se, but I do want to see some type of some type of catastrophe. something needs to happen, man. I know we got the police chief dying, but that's pretty much all that's happened. Yeah. you know I want to see the Seventh Cavalry do something in return to what's been going on.
1: No, I I agree 100%. I'm I'm just ready to see something happen. Just show me something. I want to see that blue dick, that Captain or Dr. Manhattan blue dick. That's all I want, man. Nice. Not that fake painted dick. I want that real glowing blue dick.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Growing the Shower. Tune in next week when we go over episode four of Watchmen. And I know this hasn't been the greatest review series out there, if you've still been listening to all of these. (laughs) <laughs> but it is practice for us because we have big plans for some future shows that are coming out. Oh
1: yeah. Cause
0: uh, uh, big black booty three is about to drop on Pornhub. And I want to review that with you.
1: Hell yeah, dude. I don't think they can compete with uh 2.5, but uh, either way I'm down to watch it.
0: That's that might be one we have to get in the same room for. Well, until next time, adios muchacho. I'm not going to say that until next time, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> until the next time bradley
1: yeah i will uh see you later or at another time (laughs) (laughs) all right